Um, there, there is not much time. I have an engagement at half past one at Speedway. And I said to them, please keep time because I'll be in time. I don't know what time it is now. So let's get straight away into the word of the Lord and go to the book of Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to select and isolate and read only verse number, number 13. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13. I'm, I'm reading an excerpt from the Beatitudes. We know Matthew chapter 5 is the Beatitudes, isn't it? Yes. Um, are we there? It shouldn't be difficult to locate and to find the book of Matthew. Um, it starts the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewithal shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Let me read it again. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewithal shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. May God, as he always does, add an abundant blessing to the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is a direct address. Jesus is saying to those that were listening to him, you, you, you who are standing in front of me are the salt of the earth. And he says to them, if the salt loses its saltiness, if the salt loses its savor, what shall it be salted with? And my question to you is, who was Jesus addressing? We have a scenario of two groups here. We have the group of the multitude. If you read from verse number one, um, it says, verse number one, and seeing the multitudes, uh, seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him. So my question to you is, who was Jesus addressing here? Was he addressing the multitudes that the Bible says when he saw, he retreated to the mountain? Or was he addressing the disciples? Let me get that from you before we proceed. Who was Jesus addressing? Huh? Both. Huh? Who was Jesus addressing? Read verse number one and tell me who Jesus was addressing. Hmm? The multitudes. Read verse number one again and tell me who Jesus was addressing. Huh? The disciples, the multitudes, both? Both. Let's read verse number one. And seeing the multitudes. So the multitudes are there. He sees them. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Who is he addressing? Huh? He sees the multitudes, okay? And the Bible says he retreats and he goes up the mountain and the disciples follow him and he, decides, and he starts to address them. So it is not the multitudes. He has walked away. From the multitudes. He's now up the mountain and his disciples have followed him. And the Bible says when he saw the disciples, he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying. 
and he gave them all the blessings, all of the beatitudes as we know them. Blessed are this, and blessed are this, and blessed are this, and blessed are this. So the beatitudes are not for the food. I consider the multitudes to be the food. The beatitudes are for the salt, whom Jesus is saying to, you are the salt of the earth. So, so there must be a difference between the salt and the food. In this context and in this instance, the, the, the salt is the disciples, the, the small group. Otherwise, salt, salt cannot be as much as the food, isn't it? You, you don't put the same quantity of salt as food in a pot. Otherwise, it would be inedible. None would be able to eat the food that has equal content as the salt. So, so, so Jesus is addressing the disciples. He is saying to them, you, 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 the disciples, are the salt of the food that is the multitude out there. In other words, you must make a difference to those that are the multitudes that I consider to be food. You are the salt. You are the one that must make and bring about a difference in their lives and in their living. You are the salt of the earth. Amen. Now, Jesus continues to say, if the salt loses its flavor, if the salt loses its savor, if the salt loses its saltiness, how shall it be salted? Now, this is a problem statement. I'm, I am turning 56 this year, but I have never encountered salt that has lost its saltiness. I, I have never encountered salt uh, that needs to be salted because it's no longer salty. I, I have never encountered salt that is said to have expired. Uh, in fact, I have never seen an expiry date on salt, is there? Does salt have an expiry date? I, I know that if you can put salt in a container and close it up and put it, hide it somewhere in a shelf for 20 years, when you open that container after 20 years, it still will be salt. Um, there will never be a time when we get to open up a container of salt and somebody proclaims and exclaims, this salt has expired and this salt can't salt anymore. Salt is salt is salt. Whether it has been there for a hundred years or whether it has been there for 20 years, salt will continue to be salt. So, so what is Jesus talking about when he says, when salt loses its savor, when salt loses its saltiness, when, when salt loses its essence, what shall it be salted with? He, he continues to say, uh, when it reaches that level and that state in its existence, salt then becomes good to be thrown outside and to be trodden underfoot of men. Now the question is, what is Jesus talking about? I, I would love to draw your attention to the fact that Jesus is addressing his disciples as salt in a metaphoric way. In other words, this, this is a metaphor, and anything that we, we, we refer to in metaphoric terms doesn't lose its identity, isn't it? We, when we say because you are brave, you are a lion, you don't suddenly cease to be a human being and become a lion. You, you continue to be a human being who has attributes similar to those of a lion. And we metaphorically, therefore, refer to you as, as what? As a lion. But we do not necessarily mean that you can go and live in the wild and start to be carnivorous and begin to act like a lion. You are a lion by virtue of your bravery, but you continue to be the human being that you are. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, you are the salt of the earth by virtue of the essence of salt that you should be. 
In other words, you must make a difference to those that you encounter and those that you associate and mingle with when you are in their presence. Your presence must be felt. You know, you know, you know, when, 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 when we put salt, salt in food, we, we add just a small pinch, isn't it? Um, salt is not too much. Uh, by, by virtue of what salt is, only a little bit of it is enough and sufficient to bring about and make a difference. There are, there are people who hear Jesus saying, you are the salt of the earth, and they become a handful and they become too much, and in their company and presence, Jesus says, but make a difference. Your presence must be felt, but your presence must not be felt by your overabundance. Your, your presence must not be felt by the fact that you overexert yourself. Your presence must be felt by virtue of who you are. You have the flavor of heaven. And when you get to a place where flavor and a difference is needed, that's what you ought to be. So Jesus says to the disciples, you are the salt of the earth. And if you lose your saltiness, you are good to be thro thrown, thrown outside and to be trodden underfoot of men. How does salt lose its saltiness? In the context of this that Jesus is addressing and relating to in metaphoric terms, the salt that loses its saltiness, uh, by the way, he's talking about salt that also has rationale. He's talking about salt that can decide. He's talking about salt that can think because you are that salt and you can think and you have rationale and you have logic and you, can, you have a decision to make. So Jesus is addressing the kind of salt that can decide to salt or not to salt. Are we together? And, and he says when the salt that can decide to salt or not to salt, it, it becomes, when it gets to a point where it decides not to salt, because it can decide, it can think, it can make up its mind. It can say, I'm going to salt or I'm not going to salt. Uh, when it decides not to salt, it loses its saltiness. And Jesus says, when it gets to a point where it decides it's not going to salt, it's not going to make a difference, Jesus says, um, it's good then to be thrown outside and to be trodden underfoot of men. By the way, salt is both a verb and a noun, isn't it? We salt, we salt with salt. Again. So, so Jesus says when, when the salt that should be salting um, decides not to salt, it is good to, for it to be thro thrown and taken outside to be thrown and underfoot of men. Why does Jesus say um, it's good to be thrown outside and to be thrown and underfoot of men? It's, it's because... because Salting salt with salt is a waste of salt, isn't it? You, you cannot salt salt. So, so the salt that decides it's not going to salt cannot be salted with other salt because we are going to be wasting salt if we salt salt with salt. Okay? So Jesus says the salt that decides not to salt must be taken outside and be trodden underfoot of men because we cannot salt waste salt by salting salt with salt. Um, what am I saying? I'm saying when you get to a point as a Christian where you decide you are not going to make a difference in your community, where you decide food is not going to be palatable in spite of the fact that you are present in that community, Jesus says you cannot be salted beyond the fact that you are or you should be salt yourself. So go out and let's preserve salt for the purposes of salting things that need to be salted. 
Are, are we together? We, we are not going to be wasting salt, my, my dear elder, um, salting salt with it. Because that salt should, be, should itself be salt that salts food. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, you are the salt. And the multitudes that we left out there are the food that you need to be salted. Do you live in a community that needs a difference and which difference you can be? If you are not going to be that difference in the community that you live in, Jesus says you have lost your savor and you are good uh, to be thrown outside and to be trodden underfoot of men. There is a scenario in the Bible um, of a family way back in Sodom. You remember? Sodom has a reputation and authority for being one of the sinful cities that ever existed in the, in the history of the world. Until the Bible says, God looked and beheld from up in glory, and he could not countenance the evil of Sodom and Gomorrah anymore. In the meantime, there was a family there. There was a family of Lot in Sodom and in Gomorrah. Um, the judgments of God visited Sodom and Gomorrah in spite of the fact that Lot and his household were in it. And then comes a day when God could not continue to um, uh, stand this any longer, and the Bible says two angels were sent. You remember, after warning um, them of the impending doom, the Bible says the angel said to the household of, 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 of Lot, up and get out of this city because God is going to destroy the city. We know the story. Um, and on the third day, as the angels were leading them out, out of Sodom, into the mountains of refuge and safety, um, the Bible records that they were also given a warning not to look back, you remember. They were given a warning not to look back. And the Bible says, as they were fleeing the burning city of Sodom, um, Mrs. Lord, whom we do not even know by name, uh, it is unfortunate that she, she has gone through the, the pages of the chronicles of the existence of humanity, but her name to date remains unknown. We only know her as Lord's wife. It is, it is tragic, friends. It is tragic when all we know about you is that you were so-and-so's wife. Um, so-and-so's wife is not an identity. It's not an identity. When, when they ask my wife, and her name is Dudu, when they say, what, who are you? And she says, I'm Kubega's wife. She has not revealed an identity. What if I die tomorrow and she gets married to another man? Uh, it means she, ha she has a fluctuating identity. I'm, I'm saying you have a permanent identity. You have an identity that is your own. And first among attributes of your identity is your name. We know you by who you are, what you are called with, your name. But we only know this woman as, as Lord's wife. Who, who are you? I'm the president's wife. No, they didn't ask whose wife you are. They asked who are you. And, and if you answer that question of who you are by whose wife you are, what are you going to say when they ask whose wife you are? I'm, I'm saying you, you have your own personal identity that no circumstance can take away from you. You have your own personal identity that no death, that nothing on earth can take away from you. And you need to pride yourself with it. But unfortunately, as history reveals, the only identity by which we know this woman is that she was Lord's wife. The Bible says, as they were fleeing those burning walls of the city of, of, Lord, of Sodom, um, she, she remembered her fortunes back in Sodom. 
She, she remembered the, the curtaining from Harvey and Lace. She, she remembered her, her silly posture pedic. I do not know what cars they were driving, um, uh, the cars that would be vintage today, but she remembered that as they were fleeing, those were getting consumed in the fires that were destroying Sodom. And the Bible says she couldn't hold it, but uh, glanced back and looked back. And, and the Bible says she immediately turned into a pillar of salt. I'm here to say, um, because she, she, she failed to be just a small pinch of the salt that she should have been in Sodom before it was destroyed, she turned into a big heap thereof. It is unfortunate that Mrs. Lot failed to be a small pinch of salt that she was supposed to have been back in Sodom. And out of Sodom, she became a big heap, a pillar thereof. We were, we were traveling, and um, there was a time when the TOC was making it big. You remember those days? When, when the TOC had reserves, big reserves, running into, into, into several tens of, of millions. Reserves. I'm not talking about an operational, a current operational budget. I'm talking about what, what the TOC looked at and said, this we are not going to touch because we have sufficient to run our budget with. Um, not like today. In, in, in October, now in November, we, we had a workers' meeting, an online workers' meeting, and the state, the current state of finance, the current financial state of the conference was revealed to us. As at October, the conference was running at a budget deficit of eight million. Eight million. And I'm saying, if you are out there and you are not faithful, you are the weakest of the link in the conference. God is not blessing this conference because there is unfaithfulness, albeit one or two people. That may be unfaithful. I'm, I'm saying when God says, I'm going to bless you, he's not only talking about individuals. He was also addressing Israel as a collective. And if in Israel as a collective there was unfaithfulness of one or two people, the rest of Israel would not receive the blessing that God wanted to give to it. So I'm saying we may be having a deficit not because there are not people in the conference that are faithful, but because there are people in the conference that are not faithful, and so God is not able to bless this conference. Think about it. I was saying there was a time when we, we had a, 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 an, an abundance, excess, and, and our, our budget was healthy. And in 20, 2011, um, those of us who then were over 20 years in the ministry, had the privilege of being given a tour by the conference out of the resources that you had made available. I mean, you who are faithful. And, and we went, managed to go to, to Israel, and we managed to go to Turkey and, and visit the Bible lands and visit the sites of the seven churches of, of Ephesus. You remember those churches? Um, uh, Laodicea, and our tour guide, guide was calling it Laodicea, and... And, and, and we saw we, which other church? Pergamos. Uh, we saw the site of Teatira. We saw the site of Smyrna and all of those. They are far apart, spread across, across Turkey. We, we saw all of those places. But my highlight that I want to reveal to you was that as we were traveling, we also went to Mount Sinai in Egypt. As, as we were traveling from, 
from Israel by bus um, going to, to Egypt, to Mount Sinai, we passed by a very long wilderness, a very, very long wilderness um, on the side of which was also the Dead Sea, which we managed to see. But as we were driving um, and proceeding towards Sinai, our tour guide said, I want you to look to the far, far end on your right-hand side. And we all looked at that direction. And he said, do you see the image that you are seeing very far there? We said, yes, we're seeing it. She said, that is the heap um, of Mrs. Lot. That heap that you are seeing there, it is the heap of salt that Mrs. Lot became. And my heart sank when I saw that image. And it struck me that she, she became that image because she failed to be a small pinch of the salt, big salt, big heap of salt that she has become outside of Sodom. And I'm saying, friends, if you are going to be a metaphoric kind of salt that refuses to salt in spite of the fact that you have capacity to, because when Jesus says you are, it's because you have the capacity to be. Jesus can't say you are the salt when there's nothing saltful about you. So Jesus says you are the salt because he knows there is salt in you and you have the capacity to salt. And if uh, you use your imagination and you use your power of choice and thought not to salt when you have the capacity to salt. One of these days you are going to be like that big heap that we saw on our way to Egypt, to Mount Sinai, that was said to be Mrs. Lord. What is the entire purpose of this sermon? The entire purpose of this sermon is that there is decay in the world. There is rottenness in the world. There is a need for preservation in the world. And the only thing that can bring about a preservation in the world that is decaying, in a world that is uh, rotting, is, is the attribute that you have that is salt. Did you know that salt preserves? Way back when they did not have uh, refrigerators, um, a family would not slaughter a cow and consume it within a day. No, they wouldn't. They would consume it for a long period of time. And how did they preserve it? They use salt to preserve it. And I'm saying if in your community there is rottenness and decay and you are there, you are good to be taken, thrown out and trodden underfoot of men because you are refusing to be the salt that Jesus says you are. I have come to say, friends, if you are the salt of the earth um, and there is food out there devoid of flavor, there is food out there that cannot be eaten. There is food out there that's making people throw up because it is saltless. I am saying if that state of affairs obtains and you are in there and you are not salt in the community that you live in, Jesus says you are good, you are as good as being taken out and trodden under food of men. And I wonder how many are making up their minds as we begin the year. Uh, that I have been a metaphoric salt that has been refusing to salt where I am. In my household, in my community, in my workplace, wherever that I have been, I have, I have witnessed decay. I have witnessed rottenness happening when I have been present and have had the attributes to bring about a difference and be the salt that Jesus says I am. Make up your mind. It's a new year. And say, today, I want to be the salt that Jesus says I am. Does anyone want to make that decision this afternoon as we pray together? To be the salt of the earth and not to need salt when you are already the salt. Let us pray. Our loving Father, kind and faithful, we come before your holy and divine presence this afternoon.
we pour our hearts out to you in gratitude for extending your undeserved mercy upon us. We make our, our, our new resolution, not because it's the time of the year, but because it's that moment in our lives when we need to make that resolution to, make a, to bring about a difference in communities, in households, in workplaces, schools where we study to be the salt of the earth. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you may give us the courage to be. In fact, Heavenly Father, we realize that saltiness is a natural attribute. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, that you may make it natural with us to salt because we are salt. Not because we are prodded to do so, not because we are encouraged to do so, but because we are salt. Therefore, Heavenly Father, grant that as we go about our daily living and our daily existence, our living may not just be an existence, but that it may be a purposeful living that makes a difference where a difference is needed. Bless this, your church. New leadership has been brought in for 2022. Grant that this Kempton Park Central Church will grow in leaps and bounds in 2022 and that your coming may be enhanced. We surrender our lives and all that is to do with ourselves. And this we do in Jesus' name. Amen.